Welcome to the Thunder Basketball Universe. I'm Paris Lawson. I'm here in Oklahoma City sitting next to producer Hendy and we're missing Gallo and that's because he's out in LA in our first ever long distance cast. What's up Paris? I'm out here posted up getting ready for the second night of a back-to-back. We'll get to that and much much more in today's episode of TBU. Welcome to TBU. Gallo, how are things out in LA? What's the vibe out there in the 90210? <laughs> the vibe is good. Thanks for thanks for doing the vibe check here. Thunder had a really tough loss to the Clippers last night, but it's uh, it's always great coming out to, to LA. We uh, a few of us got the chance to go to the LA Rams game against the Chicago Bears. Oh, fun! Uh, a couple nights ago, but before the the Thunder's game, and uh, you know, always always love uh, popping down to Santa Monica when we get a chance. No time this trip with the quick back to back, but we'll be back another time. We're we're gonna dive right into this this Thunder's play and and how they played against the Clippers as well. And among the many things we got to cover. One of the things is the Thunder's crazy win on Friday over the 76ers that went into overtime, and then Monday's matchup against the Clippers that came down to the last minute. And for both of those games, we've seen Chris Paul kind of take over, take charge. And one of the things that we've seen is 27 points against the 76ers and then 22 points against the Clippers on Monday. And Gallo, I mean, you've been here through it all. You've seen it. You've seen kind of a transformation with Chris Paul so far. What do you think about his production so far? I think he's just being more aggressive and he's more comfortable now with the teammates that he has around him, knowing where to find them. Um, and, you know, just what sticks in my mind is that uh, little pass he made to Danilo Gallinari uh, for a three pointer in overtime against the 76ers. It's just, he kind of knew exactly where Gallo was going to be and set him up for that. He's had a few really nice passes down low to Steven Adams and kickouts to the wing for shooters as well. So, I think as he's gotten more comfortable knowing where his teammates are and where they like the ball, that's freed up his offense as well. Yeah, and he's really stepping up kind of on both ends of the floor. You mentioned his passing and his assists. Naturally, just a masterful orchestrator on offense. But on the defensive end, he's fifth in the league in steals right now, averaging 1.8. And then on Monday against the Clippers, he had four. So it's like he's holding things down on both ends of the floor and really taking initiative, trying to drive this team in the right direction on both ends. He's a nine-time all-defensive team player for a reason, and we're seeing that. Right. It's, it's one of those things where I, I sensed a, a bit of a tonal shift after they played the Pacers, and he made the comment that, you know, he's taking the it's-on-me mentality, and since then he's had 27 and 22 points, and you could really tell that he's putting the, his money where his mouth is and saying that, you know, I have a role to play in lifting this team up. He's also taken that challenge defensively. Um, it was kind of unfortunate the way that it ended up last night against the Clippers because down the stretch in the fourth quarter – he defended Paul George really well, forced a turnover mm-hmm. late, uh, and then he just could not quite get uh, through that Montrez Harrell screen to contest PG's three uh, right there with 25 seconds to go. So Chris Chris kind of took that on himself last night and said, that's on me. If I get through that screen, it, it's a much tougher shot. From what I can tell, Chris Paul's production is kind of spilling over into everybody else's production on um, we'll get to this a little later in the podcast, but on Friday, Ferg went five for five threes against the 76ers. And then we've seen really great production from the young guys. And, you know, 
Ferg, Hamadou Diallo, Baisley, and even SGA per usual. But you can really tell that his production and his kind of intensity on both ends of the floor is spilling over to the rest of his teammates. Definitely showed at home uh, against the Sixers. Uh, last night was definitely not a uh, an all-star game three-point shooting contest uh, by any right. means. It was just an right. ugly game on both ends, two really uh, stout defenses getting into each other. But, but I think what we're seeing is just guys know where their shots are going to be coming from. And uh, when the Thunder continues moving and flowing uh, on offense, they can get some, some really high-quality looks for one another. I mean, in the Clippers game, they started uh, with assists on all four of their first uh, four made baskets. So, you know, they're getting into things quickly um, before defenses start to clamp down a little bit. That was a, a really big key for this Thunder team coming into this season. And that's part of their identity is playing with pace, playing with tempo, getting into offense early. And another big area of their identity that we're starting to see develop is we're not backing down from anybody. We're starting to see that this Thunder team is really honing in on what they can control. And a lot of that is on the defensive end, playing really, really stout defense. And it's showing up in these final scores on these past couple games. It was really encouraging after the rough Indiana loss on the road that the Thunder came back in and against a team like Philly that starts Al Horford and Joel Embiid and you know just has so much size and physicality on the floor. Um, and the Thunder's undersized. I mean, Stephen Adams pulled me aside in the locker room before that Philly game and said, look, we, we play small. They play big. There's some mm-hmm. things that you're just going to not have to you're, you're just going to have to deal with. And the Thunder right. dealt with it and they, they put their nose in there and they, they grinded out that victory. Similarly, uh, against the Clippers, you know, PG's got a size advantage on Terrence Ferguson. But you saw Ferg fighting tooth and nail to stay in front of PG, not let him get anything easy. And you know, he's been on a tear to start this season, and Paul had his least productive game of the year so far, uh, even if he did get the game winner uh, at, the, at the last second. The, the size disadvantage that these, both of these two teams presented, the Clippers and the 76ers. So I'm thinking in my head of Tobias Harris trying to, you know, post up Shea Gilgis-Alexander or even Chris Paul on the block. And to little avail many times because there was so much communication and really sharp help defense from this Thunder team. And I think that's a sign of buy-in on the defensive end that if if maybe we're not shooting as well or maybe we're giving up easy points, we can always control the defensive end. And from where I was sitting, I could tell that there was a lot of buy-in on that end of the floor. Well, schematically, the Thunder has really tried to avoid putting two defenders on the ball this season. That's mm-hmm. why they've been in a drop coverage, letting their big man hang back at the rim and, and let their defenders on the perimeter stay at home. That's why the three-point defense has been really good. But we've seen that not only will Billy Donovan you know, shake things up when he sees there's you know, a, a matchup issue, but there's also you know, as you mentioned, buy-in from the players and not just buy-in, but ability to go out and execute the game plan. So against Philly, they're doubling in the post and then scrambling back out and making rotations against the Clippers. Similar. They're trying to double when Paul has the ball and that actually allowed the Thunder's defense to be a little bit more disruptive than it had been early in the season. Playing a little bit more of the conservative style defensively meant that shooting percentages were low, but steals were also low. Last night they had a season high 12 steals against the Clippers. And a lot of that is from being more aggressive defensively. I'm thinking in my head, I remember specifically one play where I saw Steven Adams 
run sprint across the floor to help side and then sprint back to his man it's and we saw I saw that multiple times in that game and it's just one of those things that you you don't realize and you don't it it doesn't pop out to you until you really realize how far this team has come on that end of the floor and when it comes to just maintaining that intensity for 48 minutes and with a with a low scoring game that it was and the lackluster shooting night that it was you could tell that the defensive side of of the Thunder basketball has really really caught its stride yeah I mean that's something that Billy Donovan was not pleased with during a a little middle stretch uh, of games after that first week the Thunder's defense slid a little bit now the last couple games it's really uh, kicked back in so we mentioned Ferg a couple of times so far, and that's because he has really found his stride, especially on Friday against the 76ers. He made a career or a season high five threes, and this was after he was struggling to find his mark behind the three point line, and he really did and made a huge impact in the game against the 76ers and finished the game with 19 points. Ferg just plays, uh, and it's awesome to see him have a great scoring night like he did against the Sixers, but then turn right around and not really care terribly much about his like scoring output against the Clippers. He did a really nice job just focusing on the defensive matchup and really honed in on staying in front of Paul George, putting a hand in his face. I mean, there were a few shots that PG had to actually alter his shooting stroke because Terrence was so in his face and and he just, so he just goes out and hoops. Billy Donovan says he's the epitome of reliable. And it was really funny because after his game against the 76ers, he, he was asked like, whenever you get hot on offense, does your focus shift? Like, do you think like, I'm going to put all my focus on offense? And he's like, no, it's still defense. He, he's still, it really prides himself on his defense, regardless of how he's doing on the offensive end. And we saw that against the Clippers with him just diving all over the loose balls and getting steals and deflections and just being that defensive presence that he always is, regardless of his offensive production. Yeah, and that's what you want out of a guy that's sort of a role player on the team is you don't want to have any surprises. And um, Terrence really has – he's a humble kid. He – you know, took it on the chin when he went over to Australia and was a reserve as a, you know, 18 year old on a team that wasn't going to surround him with players that were going to make him look good. Like, like he would have if he had gone to college. And so I think he, he understood what it meant to be a teammate in that setting. And he understood what it meant to do the dirty work. And he came over to the thunder and when Andre Robertson went down, he really stepped up and, and had a fantastic season last year. And uh, after a a couple hiccups early in this year, we're seeing him hit his stride again. Yeah, and I think it was a really big kind of sigh of relief for the coaching staff and even everybody in Chesapeake Energy Arena to see Terrence Ferguson catch fire behind the three-point line against the 76ers. Well, here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And today's main thing is the fact that the young players on this Thunder roster are getting an opportunity to go up against the league's best right about now. Against the 76ers, it was Tobias Harris and the likes of Ben Simmons and Al Horford, Joel Embiid. And then for the Clippers, obviously Paul George. And now they're about to turn around and go up against LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers. And 
Gallo, what what does this young team have to do or these young players have to do to stay in the game against this Lakers team? Just focus on the game plan and, and not get in over their heads. Uh, I love kind of the way you laid that out, though. Like SGA has defended Ben Simmons. He saw some minutes on Paul George and Pat Beverly, who's a feisty competitor. And then I'm sure at some point he's going to have to deal with LeBron and, and some of these other guys uh, tonight against the Lakers. Yeah. And I mean, LeBron and Anthony Davis both combined for like 49, I, I believe is the exact statistic, 49.5 points per game. Le- LeBron's the point guard this year, Paris. Don't don't get it twisted. Don't ah. get it twisted. He's playing PG. <laughs> How could I forget? The all-around player in King James. Well, don't forget, he's assisting on, well, he's got he's averaging 11.2 assists per game, which is astonishing for a player of that size. He, he just, he's a basketball savant. He uh, analyzes what his team needs, and then he just goes out and does it. Not to mention that against the Hawks, he had 12 assists and zero turnovers, which is just a crazy statistic that stuck out to me. Yeah, he's a point guard. He's a point guard. But Gallo, how, how valuable is this experience for players like Ferg and Shea and Baisley getting a chance to get into this game and go up against players of this caliber. Yeah, Chris Paul said it last night, actually, when he's asked about Darius, like, you know, sometimes I'm about to, like, yell at him for something on the floor, and I realize, man, he's 19. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's going he's gonna to learn. He's going to make mistakes. But they, you know, they love Bays, They love Terrence and Hami and, and SGA. All these guys um, are, are getting great experience right now. And these, are, these will be things that they can look back on. And the next time they go through the league, you know, in a few weeks when they see these guys again, it, actually later this week when they see the Lakers again uh, back home <laughs> yeah. at Chesapeake Energy Arena, they will, they will have learned from these experiences. One of the words that has been used to describe both Shea and Bays is sponge. They they soak things up. They soak up lessons and experiences, and they use them going down the road. So I think you're absolutely right. We're going to see some lessons taken from this next game against the Lakers into the really quick turnaround on Friday against the Lakers at home. I just remember what Billy said about Terrence, his rookie year, that was like a, a type of praise I'd never heard before, which was, you can tell Terrence what to do one time and he'll just do it and he'll remember and he won't forget or lapse. And that's like such a skill in a young player to just be able to be like an auditory learner. I I just thought that was kind of fascinating. A coach's dream really to not have to say things multiple times and for you to only learn a lesson once, um, regardless of the circumstance. I'll tell you what made me look this week, and it was in L.A. while I was in OKC, going through OKCThunder.com, and it was the fact that Chris Paul brought in Disney's CEO to the Thunder practice and introduced the whole team to Beyond Meat Burgers. Gallo, what was that all about? Very cool. Chris is a obviously very well-connected guy from all of his years in the league. He's buddies with uh, Bob Iger, who's the Disney CEO. And Bob swung by practice, not like he had a big week or anything with the unveiling yeah, you know. of Disney Plus, um, but he still Just dropped the had whole network. No come, big deal. Yeah, still had time to come drop by. And then, you know, Chris, as we know, has been on this big like vegan diet for the last few months. And he uh, teams up with uh, Ethan Brown from the company Beyond Meat. And uh, they're actually brought a food truck um, called the Verger wow. Boys up to practice when the Thunder practice on Sunday at UCLA. 
And the Verger Boys are a group of former football players who went vegan when they saw kind of the, the health results that they were getting. So Chris was kind of doing a little bit of everything and, and moving and shaking. Really cool to just like introduce those two really, really high level executives, businessmen to, you know, his teammates, his, his young guys and um, expose them to things that they might otherwise not get exposed to. Do you think the entire team got a hook up with a free Disney plus subscription? <laughs> If so, I haven't gotten my login yet, so I'm going to I'm going to speak to the manager. All right. Well, my other thought was with the meatless burgers, it is obviously Taco Tuesday tonight at the Staples Center. Uh-oh. Will there be a meatless Taco Tuesday option? I would be so down for a Taco Tuesday, a meatless Taco Tuesday. Paris, let's hear your LeBron Taco Tuesday impression. <clears throat> Taco Tuesday. That is nailing it. Nick, let's hear yours. Taco Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely going to take Paris on the Taco Tuesday impression. The best part is just embarrassing. You want me to try it? Yeah, your turn. Taco Tuesday. I I think I hit the two a little harder than the day. It's too bad this podcast is all audio because that face was gold. (laughs) I get fully into it. It'll be Taco Tuesday against the Lakers. Hmm. Don't want to miss it. Stay up late for Taco Tuesday. Well, we've come to that point in the podcast where we like to bless thine timeline. One of the cool things that happened this past week for the Thunder was a a trip they took to Positive Tomorrow's, which is the only elementary school in Oklahoma City to serve homeless youth. And it was great. They had just opened a brand new 42,000 square foot facility and the students saw it for the first time and they were hosted with a Thanksgiving party. The Thunder were there, the whole Thunder roster and the Thunder girls were there. It was was such a great time and everybody was having a blast. So much history between the Thunder and Positive Tomorrows over the years. It's been such a special organization uh, in Oklahoma City and so really Amazing to see and be there for that moment when their kids got to see their brand new building for the first time. Um, Paris, you had an excellent story kind of recapping what this all means for them and the Thunder and and those kids. And so we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. But you'll also find this story on Monday on the Thunder Cares podcast. We did a story on this for the Thunder Cares cast, and you'll be able to find that on Monday, wherever you get your podcast. But it was definitely a special event. My favorite part in particular was seeing Darius Baisley get his face painted. I mean, anytime an NBA player gets their face painted, I think it's pretty cool. What did he get? Lightning bolt? No, he got like a basketball. Oh, okay. With a lightning bolt. So, I mean, oh, yeah, nice. it was, yeah. yeah. Good combo. That's nice. Yeah. Also, the balloon artist was phenomenal. I was a big fan of the cakewalk. I, I loved the cakewalk when I was a kid. Like, took no skill whatsoever. You just stop walking and you potentially <laughs> win a cake. Sign me up. Good at that, Hindi. <laughs> Hindi, would you be able to do that today? Today, I all I do is stop walking. <laughs> Starting walking's the challenge. Hindi's having some back problems. <laughs> yeah, I've been a little quiet today. I, I, I uh, threw my back out like two weeks ago, <laughs> lifting some furniture and... I'm only just now kind of getting on the mend a little bit. So it's I, I actually re-aggravated it this weekend. And so I am just kind of sitting like a goblin. It's good to have you back, Hendy. We've... Oh, nice back bun, Paris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got your back yeah. <laughs> all day. It's a good thing it's a back-to-back tonight. <laughs> 
Well, that's all for our first ever long distance pod. Nick, thanks for joining us all the way on the West Coast. Hold it down for us in the City of Angels. Appreciate you. We'll do, Paris. Enjoy OKC until I get back. We'll do our best. And thank you so much to our producers. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.